God created you to live a big and meaningful life. Too often we settle for lives of comfort and mediocrity, and we try to ignore the ache deep within that's longing for more. My name is Kevin Scoggin, and I am on a mission to equip, inspire, and challenge you to move beyond your comfort zone and into the life God created you for. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Move Beyond. My name is Kevin Scoggin, and I'm your host, and I am, I'm super honored that you're listening today, and I am so excited about today's episode. I cannot wait to introduce you uh, to today's guest. Uh, before I do that, uh, for those of you that are maybe first-time listeners, uh, I just want to extend a very special welcome to you. I'm, I don't know how you got here, but I'm honored you're here. And you heard it in the intro, but we have a very simple mission here at Move Beyond, and that is um, to inspire you to move beyond your comfort zone and ultimately step into uh, the life God created for you. And um, I I think that's going to look different for everyone, and it's going to look different um, for for different individuals in different seasons of life, right? Um, But there is nothing more exciting to me and nothing lights me up more than interacting with people who have taken a bold step and and literally moved beyond their comfort zone and and just have seen God show up in powerful ways. In fact, uh, a couple of weekends ago, I was at a a birthday party with with one of my daughters. One of the kids in her class was having a birthday party, and I was just standing around chatting with one of the dads, and I I hadn't met this individual before, and he was telling me how he had, uh, he and his wife like eight years ago had uh, left the church. They were college pastors at this church, had left the church, sold everything uh, to start this student ministry here at our local university. And fast forward to today, and they have over a thousand students every single week attending this service. And I was just blown away at his story, right? And I I hope to have him on the show in in coming episodes. But um, I just love hearing stories about individuals who uh, weren't afraid to to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what, Um, we're going to we're going to go after this thing. And I think, you know, sometimes it's it's a real big thing, right? Like selling everything, moving, starting a business, killing a business, whatever the case may be. And I think sometimes moving beyond our comfort zone is having a courageous conversation with a spouse, or having a courageous conversation with a family member, right? Um, and so at the end of the day, my heart for this podcast truly is simply to inspire you to move beyond your own comfort zone and whatever that looks like for you in this season of your life. And I want to ask a big favor. Uh, I want to hear about your stories. I want to hear how you're moving beyond your comfort zone. So if you would do me a big favor and um, go to kevinscoggin.com forward slash help. That's K-E-V-I-N-S-C-O-G-G-I-N.com forward slash help. Um, and you can share with me your move beyond story there. Um, my, my goal is to start sharing those on future podcast episodes to celebrate you, to encourage other people. And who knows, maybe one day I'll have you on the show and you can tell us more about it. Um, but 
excited you're here, excited about today's episode. So today I'm going to be introducing you to uh, a dear friend named Rachel Wartman. I have known Rachel and her husband Grant for almost 15 years, which is really hard to believe. Uh, but Rachel and her husband, um, one of the my favorite things about them is just how much they love Jesus. Uh, they are, at the end of the day, they are Jesus people. And... Um, but they're also entrepreneurs. So her and her husband own multiple businesses. Uh, they've planted multiple churches through the years. She's written three different books, and they are uh, people who consistently uh, move beyond their comfort zone in 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 pursuit of of what God has called them to and what God is putting on their hearts. And I really enjoyed my conversation with Rachel. She's she shares so much just practical actionable advice. I found myself uh, taking notes during our interview. So if, if you're in a position where you can take notes, I would hi- highly encourage you to do so. Um, but without further delay, uh, let's jump into my conversation with Rachel Wartman. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be on here with you. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to explore your story. Uh, my thought was, why don't we just begin by you kind of sharing a little bit of your your personal journey, who you are, who you and your husband are, and, and, and what you guys do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm originally from Missouri and ended up in Waco, Texas uh, in college at Baylor and got connected to a church planting church there. And so we moved in 20, 2009 to Norman, Oklahoma with a group of people to plant a church in Norman. And at that point, really felt like my life was going to be ministry only. I'm going to be a church planter for life. Like that's the dream. That's the vision. And so we did youth ministry with that church, which is how we met you. I was actually thinking yes. about this the other day. I was like, <laughs> I have known you so long. It's like amazing. 14 years. I, th- I yeah, mean, like a long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, I think because we met you right after we moved. Right. Um, so we did that for four ish, five years and then moved to Oklahoma city to plant a church that we founded and were the senior pastors of. And we did that for nine years, almost nine years. And in the midst of that, we got into business. So my husband has always been kind of in and out of business, bivocational in some seasons, and then full-time ministry in others, always doing ministry and then sometimes doing business. And um, in uh, 2015, he got his real estate license and just started experiencing some incredible moments of walking out life as a believer, where Mm -hmm. getting to interact with people who will never come to your church, getting to minister to them and serve them and build a business. And it was a really interesting surprise to our life. Like we were not thinking (laughs) we would like get involved in business. Um, And then a few years into that, started a real estate brokerage and, uh, and kept pastoring. And then in 2021, we just really felt like the Lord had called us to step down from full-time ministry in the sense of vocational from a church and focus more on ministering to business leaders in the marketplace. So that's what we've been doing the last couple of years. And it's been wild. It's been a, I look back at my life. I'm like, I turned 40 last year and I'm like, I have had the strangest life. I've been all over the world as a missionary. I've been in all kinds of different businesses. And I'm like, but I'm still standing. Like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, we're making it. Yeah. Yes. And okay. So also you have three books, right? Yes. Yep. Which I read your first, I think it was your first one that I read. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And loved it. So just a little plug, but yeah, three books and you're speaking and you have a podcast, right? 
Yes. So I felt I went through a very challenging time in 2012 and 2013. And we had a lot of health trauma and a lot of um, just, I almost died. We had a lot of crazy stuff going on. And so a couple years after that, I really felt like God told me to write that into a book. It was the hardest book I've ever written. I assume it will be the hardest I ever write because (laughs) I had to go back and relive all of those like really painful moments and Mm -hmm. find a way to write them down in a way that felt accurate without exposing every single thought that was in my mind. So that was uh, a real challenge. But the first book I wrote is called You'll Get Out of It When You Learn to Love It, which is the one you just read. And it mm-hmm. came out of a prophetic encounter I had with one of my spiritual heroes who that's exactly what he said to me. I just told him I'm struggling in my life. I'm having such a hard time. I'm I'm in the dream I thought that God had for me. And it just does not feel fulfilling at all. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And he just looked at me and he said, you'll get out of it when you learn to love it. And I legitimately just looked back and said, okay, so I'm stuck forever. <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you do that? And he just yeah. unpacked that process. And that's what I write about in the book is, you know, we go through these really hard times in our life mm-hmm. and we have to, we have to find a new way to find God in the midst of that. And then my second book I wrote is called Goodness Culture. And it is just a, it's a imagining what would the world look like if we still lived based on the principles that were available in the Garden of Eden. Mm. Um, And then my newest book, The Expansion Mandate, which I'm so excited about, it is a book that looks at our call as believers to go and expand and to live a life that allows Jesus to move in us, but also through us. And so that one, it looks at the four battles every Christian has to win to be able to get to their promised land. So it's the battle for the promise, which is everything we fight to actually believe that God has something for us. Like he has a good plan for our lives. And a lot of us stay in that battle and we're never able to move past it Mm. because we're still trying to believe that God likes us and wants something good for us. And once we get through that one, we move into the battle to the promise and the battle to the promise is the process where we become the kind of person who can live in that promise that he's given us. And then once we get through that, we go through the battle at the promise where we're right there. We're so close, but not quite. And then we move into the battle in the promise, which is how we occupy the things that God has called for us. So that book, it looks at the story of Israel as if she was one person from Exodus all the way to Jericho. And it's a really interesting story. People are loving it. I've been really, uh, I've been enjoying the feedback that I've got from people as it's stirring their faith and they're getting to find themselves and where they are in Mm -hmm. these different battles. And so, Yeah. yeah, so those are my books. I'm about to launch a brand new podcast called Wisdom's Table, which I'm super pumped about, which is just exploring life as a Christian through all different things, business, leadership, relationships, and looking at the wisdom of God in it. So that was a mouthful, but that's, that's kind lot. of like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> no, I love all, well, I'm, I'm glad you kind of unpacked your most recent book because it's on, it's on my, uh, my reading list. So I'm, I'm excited about it. But so, I mean, wife, mom, entrepreneur, author, speaker, um, that's a lot. Um, and I, I think what I'd like to hear, you know, I, I'm convinced, Rachel, that, that God has a, a big, meaningful life for every believer. And I think, obviously, that's going to look different, right? Uh, us all walking in our promise, so to speak, it's going to look different. Um, but what I have found in my own journey, observing other people, my own life, is is oftentimes we, we get these inklings. Maybe we feel like God's put something on our heart. We have these dreams. We have these desires. But it's one thing to have them, and it's another thing to actually go after them. And obviously now you've done that in a lot of different ways over the last, you know, 10 plus years. And I just wonder if you could take us into maybe one or two of your uh, moments where it was like, okay, God, this this is terrifying. It 
you know, makes me uncomfortable, the thought of doing that and kind of unpack that for us. And, and then what you learned about God in the process and, and what you learned about um, yourself. Yeah. So I do think most believers have these moments where they have these ideas they believe are from God. And to me, it reminds me of the parable of the sower where God deposits something in us and then the enemy comes to snatch it or weeds of our negativity and our, our challenging thoughts kind of grow around it. And not every, let's call it a seed, not every seed of thought bears a harvest, like comes mm -hmm. to fruition. But there, there are things that we can do to protect our seeds, to protect our spirit and our heart and our soil too, so that we can try to continue moving forward, um, which is easier said than done. But what I know is when we like when we receive something from the Lord and God begins to speak this whisper, right? It usually starts as some kind mm -hmm. of thought that goes through your mind that just grabs your heart and you're like, what if, and then you start going, well, what if, and all of the, mm -hmm. you know, we start talking ourselves yes. out of the thing <laughs> that the Lord's trying to put into us. Mm -hmm. And I started shifting to go, okay, what if I start talking myself into it? Like, what if I started going, okay, Lord, what if you really wanted to do this thing? Who would I need to become to be able to do that? Well, Wow. What's going on in my season of life right now that would allow me to do that or would be difficult? So I have four kids and different seasons of my life. I've been a stay-at-home mom and my life was very narrow and I had a lot of dreams. Like I still had all the dreams I have now, but I also knew that my, I felt my calling and my goal and my drive was to be super present for my little kids, training them, disciplining them, raising them up. And as they grew, my life kind of grew as well. Like my time, my energy, my mental load, you know, all of that started shifting. And I realized, okay, I can do something about these dreams that are going on inside of me. But what would that require? What would it require for me? So if you're married, one of the things it requires is a shared vision, right? right. When my husband started doing real estate and he's like gone on the weekends and gone some nights, <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay, I have to believe in this vision just as much as you do because our family has to orient around it. Mm -hmm. So when I think about moving forward and what does it look like to take those inkling dreams and bring them into reality and make them happen? I think we have to, number one, recognize it's God. And number two, realize that if God is speaking something to us, he means it. Like mm -hmm. he actually wants us to listen and do something with it and think about it and ask him, is this the right time or not? And then we have those moments of bold faith and action where we just have to draw a line in the sand and say, this may not go the way that I wanted to, but <laughs> I trust the Lord to pick me up in the failure mm -hmm. as much as I trust him to come through with his promise. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, Kevin, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is my trust in the Lord is not based in the outcome I believe he's given me. My trust is actually in my belief that he's going to pick me up if the outcome doesn't come to pass. Really good. And that has been freeing me on a lightning fast like level right now <laughs> where I'm going, I have some ideas and things I'm launching this year. And I'm like, whoa, I feel intimidated. I feel nervous. I feel like convinced it's not going to go well, <laughs> you know, all of those things. <laughs> but I have to step back and say, but if the Lord's calling me to it, if it doesn't go well, mm -hmm. I know he'll be right there. I know he'll help me. He'll wash me. He'll fix me. He'll heal me if I need that. And that's what gives me so much confidence. Mm -hmm. I love that. You said a lot of good things. I want to, um, 
rewind a little bit. One of the things you said that has been really key for my wife and I, and we've been working through is this idea of like shared vision. And I'm wondering if you can maybe unpower or, or, or kind of this process of like getting on the same page with your spouse, so to speak, and vision as a family. And I think that's one thing that Kelsey and I have been trying to work through where it's like, she has her dreams and vision. I have my dreams and vision. But I think what we've been wrestling through is this idea of like, okay, but who are we as a family? Like, what is it? What yeah. does it look like for us to both walk these things out? And so I'm curious for you and Grant. I mean, I would imagine that's probably looked differently in different seasons. It's probably not always been super squeaky clean and easy. <laughs> no. um, I mean, anything you can, can you unpack that a little bit more for us and what that process has looked like for you and Grant kind of getting oriented in the same direction? Yes. So my husband and I are both very independent, very strong-willed. I'm a youngest child. He's the only child. You know, we are very stubborn. We're very, we're both visionaries and we both have a lot of opinions. So I think we covered all the basis of like why having a shared vision is so important <laughs> because I would easily run him over 10 times over to do what I want to do. And I think vice versa. And so we've had to come to this place of realizing we are better together than anything else. And that doesn't mean we always do the same thing at the same time, but we have to be pursuing the same goal because I know enough about myself that I either feel resentful or I feel controlled or, you know, I could list all these different mm -hmm. emotions that come up when I don't feel connected to the goal that we're pursuing. So a couple of practicals that we do, and, and this is, I even don't like saying this out loud, but it is true. And it does work for us. It just is painful. If it's a no from one of us, 99% of the time, it's just a no. And that has been incredibly painful at certain times. But for the <laughs> most part, it's been really life-giving because we can look and say, if, if I don't have the same faith in whatever this is that mm -hmm. you do, then we know enough now after almost, we'll be married 20 years this summer. So yeah. after 20 years of partnership, I know enough now that if if one of us is not fully convinced this is the right thing to do, it will come back later to cause problems. Mm -hmm. Even if it goes well, it just sows that little bit of discord. So one of our big practicals is if it's a no from one of us, it's a no. Um, and then the other one is before it becomes a no, we want to really explore it. We want to really look at does this idea or this you know calling or whatever, does it align with who I know you to be? with your mm -hmm. personality? What, what kind of investment do we need to make? Like, for example, when he got into real estate, we spent a lot of money on leads and on coaches. And I needed to be convinced that God had called mm -hmm. us into real estate to put yeah. that money up, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's a part of it. And then lastly, I would just say that the other thing is we try really hard to not convince the other person to say yes, mm -hmm. because we've done that a couple of times. Either he's convinced me and I just was like, I'm tired of, you know, saying no, <laughs> or I didn't do my due diligence to like, we, we opened a franchise of something and I didn't read the contract. He did, but I didn't. And there was a couple things that came up later when we tried to get out of it that were so frustrating. And I found myself just like, to be completely candid, I found myself feeling so angry. Like you should have known this and you should have known this. But in hindsight, and then he was like, well, you never read it, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know. And and because I abdicated my yes, like I just mm -hmm. was like, yeah, whatever. If you want to do that, I didn't I didn't like co like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't I get in the trenches. Yeah, yeah, I didn't own it. I just said yes, but I didn't own it. It yeah. caused so much frustration that we had to work through. So those are my practicals in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to 
a lot of things that I do, he doesn't do them with me. Like he's not in the office with me every day doing that. But because I know he believes it's God's call on my life, it just makes it 10 times easier for me to make the sacrifices when the sacrifices need to be made. Mm -hmm. It's really good. I, uh, I'm taking mental notes on some of those suggestions <laughs> and thinking through conversations and situations in, in my own life with my wife. So I think that's really, really, I like the, uh, if it's a no from one of us, it's a no. I think that's really good. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about, uh, Rachel, this idea of, I, I think, so when we're talking about, okay, moving beyond our comfort zone, pursuing the dreams, the calling, the promise, one of the ways that I always get tripped up, and I'm, I would like you to maybe speak into this, is is kind of this idea of permission. And 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 what I mean by that is, oftentimes I find myself relating to the Lord of like, okay, God, what do you want me to do next? And whereas my wife is always encouraging me, she's like, what do you want to do? Like, what are you desiring to do? And I think there's, I found there's like believers on, I I, I find there's kind of a spectrum there, right? There's the believers that are just like, okay, God. Like it's like the obedience kind of camp. Then there's like the permission camp. And I'm, I'm just curious. I, I think sometimes that trips believers up where it's like, well, I want to write a book, but is it like, is it really God's will for right now? Or I want to move somewhere. I want to start a business. And I think that can really trip up believers. And so I'm curious how maybe you've navigated this idea of permission and actually like knowing when to pursue. And I know it's going to look different for everyone, but I, I would just like you to maybe speak into that a little bit. That is a, that's a great question. Um, it makes me think of the two scriptures that kind of support both camps. One being present your plans to the Lord and he will mm -hmm. make your path straight. You know, so we come up with the plans and he'll just mm -hmm. bless it. Yeah. And then there's the other camp that's like, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and mm -hmm. all these things will be added to you. And God is both, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think this is a really interesting question. It is something that I have wrestled with tremendously actually, because, um, I don't ever know what I want. And the reason, <laughs> <laughs> the reason is because I'm a multi-passionate person and it's been in the last two or three years that I've finally given myself permission to just be okay with that. Mm -hmm. So when somebody says to me, what do you want? I'm like, I'm not answering that question. And here's why, <laughs> because tomorrow I won't want it. I am all over the place in a good way. I have yeah. A million ideas every single day, you know? And so I always have to ask instead of what do I want? Like, what do I think is worth it? What do I think mm -hmm. in the long run gets me closer to where I want to go? Mm -hmm. um, because I mean, I, but even when I think about when I was in college, I had seven different majors before I landed on one. And I literally <laughs> picked the one that I felt like I could put up with the most just to finish. So <laughs> like, so people like me, that is a really hard question. Mm -hmm. I would much rather have God tell me Here's exactly what you want to do. But I also know that as a parent, eventually you want your kids to not need you in that way. Mm -hmm. So here's kind of how I look at it. I think that we have to look deeper into the motives that are inside of our heart and really evaluate if our motive is to make it happen because like, let me put it this way. So many decisions that we think about are actually morally and, and spiritually neutral. Mm. They don't really have an implication on our calling, right? So if you want to write a book, I would be like, write the book, unless the right. Lord tells you not to, because it's a morally neutral mm -hmm. thing. If you want to invest $50,000 into Bitcoin, like, okay, that one might be not morally neutral because the, the cost and the consequence is heavier. Sure. So on those things, I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do 
like create that path for me. Mm -hmm. But on the stuff that is, has to do with our dreams and our ideas, I lean more towards God is such a creator and he's such a creative being that Mm -hmm. anytime we are creating with him, I think he loves it. Mm -hmm. I really do. So unless it's going to take away from something, I think he will, if we have a submitted heart to the Lord and we are seeking first his kingdom, I think he'll tell us, he'll say, Mm -hmm. Hey, that's not for now, you know, and he's done that for me countless times. Um, So I'm not really answering your question. I'm kind of making a case for both sides, but I will say to you, I'll say, I'll answer it in this way. I really think more often than not, we talk ourselves out of things that are good for us. And we let our expectations become excuses. Like we're so, we have so much expectation about something that it conjures up a little bit of fear. And so we just start excusing it for tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I wonder what the world would look like if we gave ourselves more permission to just Mm -hmm. go after the things of God and trust that the Holy Spirit is really good at his job of convicting, Mm -hmm. shifting, pivoting, impressing upon us, you know, because he is, Mm -hmm. he's really good at that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need us to police ourselves. Um, But a lot of us are, we, that's how we've been. That's how we've protected ourselves from disappointment. You know, we've policed ourselves so much so that we don't feel disappointment. And I'll say this too. I was on a mastermind call this morning with a group of women that I'm with. And um, I thought this was so profound. The concept of the content of today's call, the point was, what do you do on your bad days? And it was, let's just assume you're going to have disappointment in your life. (laughs) So what are you going to do to plan your way through it? it? That was like, a huge aha moment for me. Cause I kind of live my life trying to avoid every disappointment right. possible. <laughs> so when I stepped back and I thought, what if I had a plan of how I'm going to move through it instead of just like trying to avoid it? Yeah. How much more could I get done? How much more could I offer to the world? And also when we're offering, we're growing ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Like when we're creating, we're, cre- we're becoming yeah. So I'm like, man, what if that, maybe that's the key is less permission and more planning through yeah. the disappointments. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I appreciate your insight on that. And that's been something I've really been wrestling with. And, you know, one of the verses that comes to my mind is where Jesus tells his disciples, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friend. And I, I think I often find myself relating to God as a servant of like, hey, just tell me what to do. Like, tell me to go right or left. I don't care. And I think sometimes, like you said, I think the Lord's like, what do you want to do? And I think it's it's hard to give myself permission. And and like you said, I often think of my children, right? And uh, I, I I like to think that God relates to us that way as well. And so I, I appreciate your insights there. And I, I think even sometimes as believers, we, and, and this was true for me, we have this subconscious wiring where it's like, well, if God's called us to it, it's not going to be hard. It's not going to be uncomfortable. So then when we experience the pain and discomfort, our default is like, oh, well, it must not be from the Lord. I mean, I remember yeah. having to really confront that when I got into real estate, where I was like, oh, this is freaking hard. I'm terrified to make these calls, you know, but it was pushing through that and seeing the Lord show up that it was like the breakthrough came. And so anyway, I I appreciate your insight there. And I I think that is a a real key struggle and and wrestle for a lot of believers in this whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't just say you're a hundred percent right. Like God promises to call us and he promises to be with us, but he Mm -hmm. does not promise that it's going to be easy. (laughs) And there is no one in the Bible that was given something great from the Lord that had an easy time. No, mm. There's no, but there's no precedence for an easy road. 
Because like when Jesus says the yoke is easy and my burden is light, I think we go, oh, okay, but you're still, you still have a burden. (laughs) Like there's still a burden there. It's just not a big one. And there's still a yoke on you. Mm -hmm. You're still, you're still holding the weight of something and you're still, you know what I mean? But you're just, it's just not as hard as it is for others. And I think if Christians could grab that, it would liberate us so much to stop avoiding moving forward and moving beyond Because we realize nobody is getting through it effortlessly. Nobody yeah. is going through it without without changing, without growing, without struggle. Mm-hmm. So good. And I think that's one reason, in my opinion, why non-believers, and I don't know if this is true. I'm, I'm going to act like it's true, but they seem to maybe succeed at a higher level from a worldly perspective than believers. And I think it's because they don't have that expectation of like, well, God's yeah. going to supernaturally bless me and supernaturally make it easy and supernaturally open the doors. Whereas as believers, we have all these like crazy layers and theology and that we're like constantly working through. And I feel like people that don't know the Lord are like, well, I'm just going to do it, whatever it takes. I'm going to figure it out. So um, I, I, I'm with you. I think I think we can really hang ourselves up. And like you said, I think we talk ourselves out of so much um, that the Lord has for us. So yeah. Um, well, as we kind of wrap up here, Rachel, a, a couple of, of last questions for you. One of my favorite questions to ask is if you could go back in time, um, knowing what you know now, you know, maybe 10 years ago or kind of like the front end of this journey of really, you know, wh- wherever you want to go in your mind, what would be a piece of advice that you would give yourself, you know, before all the businesses, before the three books, before the speaking opportunities, n- again, knowing what you know now, what would maybe be a piece of advice that you would give? Oh, okay. This one might feel a little controversial. I think I would say, okay, it sounds cliche, but this is true. Success is fleeting. And I think if I went back to when I had one kid, he was really little. I felt like I had a world full of possibilities and dreams and things I wanted to accomplish. And okay, I want to make six figures. Okay, I did that. Now what? Okay, Mm -hmm. I want to make more than that. Okay, I did that. Now what? I want to, you know, sell a book. Okay, I did that. And I think because for me and my personality type, I attached so much to this feeling of when I accomplish this, then, you Mm -hmm. know, and after having accomplished a lot of incredible things, I kind of look back and I'm like, yeah, that was the wrong goal. (laughs) Like That was the wrong, (laughs) like, because what happened is I stressed so much in the meantime. And I really wish I would have just said, I'm going to do a lot of great things in my life. I think all of us can say that, right? I'm going to have a lot of amazing moments. I'm going to have incredible moments that I wish I could bottle up and relive over and over again. And because I know that, what would it look like to just enjoy the process? To be not thinking that once this happens, then you know my life will get easier. And just to say, what if my life became easier now? Because I, and, and I think that's what a lot of what you'll get out of it when you learn to love it is about, it's Mm -hmm. about what if I learned to enjoy God in this moment, as if this moment of my life was the pinnacle experience of my relationship with God. What if I just connected with him in this, you know what I mean? Irregardless Mm -hmm. of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I live that way now. And I wish I could have gone back because I just experienced so much stress and striving and worry and wondering if God was going to come through Mm -hmm. and all of that. And I kind of look at it now and I'm like, wow, Lord, I kind of set you up in my mind as though you were only accessible once I had these specific milestones. And now the way I live is you're accessible to me 100% of the time, 
with the same amount of love and appreciation, acceptance and joy, irregardless of what's going on in my life and getting to enjoy him in the ups and downs of that. Like right now in this mode of my life, it's not, it's not my favorite. I'm hoping to not relive this, but I'm also like very hyper-focused on what is God, who is God being to me? How is he showing up? What are the successful wins? And I don't mean like necessarily in business, but just like, what are the wins in my life where my kids are thriving or my marriage is growing or whatever, and and slowing down enough to live those and be present in those? That's, I think that's what I would go back and do differently. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> it's a that's, lot. It's heavy. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it is. And I, I can relate to that. And I, I think, you know, my wife and I have been having that conversation. The phrase we've been using is like, life is happening now, like you said, because I think, it's so easy to live in the future. I mean, and that's me too. I'm like, well, when, when I'm here, when I'm doing this or when I've experienced this. And I think in doing that, it's like, you miss out on, on, on the season now. And so I, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. uh, I love that life is happening now. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think my last question for you would just be what, what is the best way for listeners, uh, to get connected to, to you, your books, what you're doing, yeah. Uh, I am the most active on Instagram at Rachel Wartman there. Um, I do have a TikTok, and so it's at the Rachel Wartman there, but Instagram is my primary place. Um, and then on my website, there's a little opt-in where you can get five um, tips of hearing God's voice better. And you can sign okay. up for my email newsletter through that. And so that kind of lets people know, I don't, I'm like a anti daily email person, you know, I mean, a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I'm like, I, if I don't want it, I'm not doing it to other people. So <laughs> I literally only send out emails to my list when I have something I think is worthwhile to say. I so like sometimes you, okay. like three months, you don't hear from me. <laughs> and then I'm like, here's what God is saying. Um, and so if somebody wants to get on the list, just know it is a very, uh, it's a great list to be on because it does not hound you. Um, so that's another place to get connected. And then all my books are on Amazon and, um, they're also on my website, rachelwortman.com. But, um, but yeah, Instagram is probably like the best place. Okay, cool. And I'll, I'll link all that stuff in in the show notes. So, well, thanks for your time, Rachel. Thanks for investing in, in, in our listeners. I know that I uh, am walking away with a ton of value. I'm thinking of the conversations I want to have with my wife tonight of like, babe, here's what Rachel shared on the podcast. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. If this episode was a blessing to you, would you consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review? Not only does it mean the world to me personally, but it also helps us get this message out to more people. And then if this podcast or the conversation you heard today inspired you in any way to move beyond your comfort zone, I want to hear your story so that we can celebrate with you and share it on a future episode. So if you'd consider going to kevinscoggin.com forward slash help to share your move beyond story, I would be super grateful. Again, that's K-E-V-I-N-S-C-O-G-G-I-N.com forward slash help. <laughs>